Listen to the podcast version of this blog post here. Rule 7. Assume a leadership role. So far, we have been discussing action that you can take in order to further your career aspirations. Most of what we have looked at in the preceding chapters has been very much self-centered. But that does not mean that you should treat all your interactions with others as merely transactional and to be conducted solely on a zero-sum basis. Taking up a leadership role within a group, whether formally accredited as such or not, can be mutually beneficial for all involved. This idea can seem intimidating or off-putting to those who are not in formal designated positions of leadership. However, management theory teaches that the notion of distributed leadership is an integral part of the successful working practices of organizations. In the last two decades, this notion of distributed leadership has gained momentum. In theory, it allows organizations to cope with increased delegation of role responsibilities allowing more actors within organizations more autonomy to complete the job role. An advantage of this is that individuals with expertise in specific areas are given greater freedom with which to impart their own agency into the process. In an ideal world, different actors in the same organization share a common set of values and vision which are usually dictated by the head of the organization. Although there is some contention as to the exact definition of how distributed leadership works in practice, a common theme is that it involves individuals negotiating their own leadership roles with others in the organization by taking affirmative action in areas that they can control. The benefits of assuming such a leadership role for the individual is the development of key skills such as, learning to share common knowledge, problem-solving, self-reflection, and taking action based on experience. The benefits to the organization are increased utilization of staff expertise and increased agility in dealing with ad hoc issues. In the education setting, for example, the desired results of leadership action are aimed at improving education and learning outcomes. Selective dimensions of leadership as identified in academia include the following skills as such as, establishing goals and expectations, the strategic allocation of resources, planning and coordinating action related to curriculum, active participation in continued professional development activities, and generating a supportive or collaborative working environment. Of course, the same idea can be applied to other sectors and industries. The exact shape and form of leadership that is taken depends largely on the context and specific responsibilities that have been allocated to individuals over which they have some freedom to innovate. Not every single decision interaction can be governed by diktats from more senior colleagues. Instead, you are required to operate independently at a certain level. People working on the back of their own agency assume leadership roles in areas of interest. This section is not intended to say that all leaders must be managing projects or taking charge of other staff. However, it is trying to encourage you see yourself as a leader. In the position you hold in your organization there are always things which you will be able to do better than those around you and it is by picking up the reins of leadership that your contribution is more widely acknowledged. It is in this way, that by adopting leadership responsibilities, you can begin to position yourself as someone who can evidence good examples of his or her work. Another aspect of this shift in mindset is more subtle yet it can also, over time, affect a significant change in your mindset. No longer should you consider yourself as an employee who is just to do what he or she is told by their superior on any given day. Instead, you should look at yourself as an actor with agency within the system and somebody who is capable of influencing others. When you really think about it, that's all leadership is. They can be quite a daunting thought at first, the notion that you are expected to be some kind of expert in whatever field you attempt to take a leadership role in. Yet the type of leadership you take need not be too extravagant or beyond your reach. You need to look for something within your immediate circle over which you can exercise a degree of control and can exploit your own personal interest and expertise. A colleague of mine provided the perfect example of this notion of taking up a leadership role. 
As part of his professional development planning and study he developed an interest in the use of extensive reading in the English classroom for exposing students to a greater range of vocabulary and improving overall English ability. He thought it would be useful if there was a small library for students to use as a resource with topics matched to that of the courses offered in the department. Not having access to any budget with which to purchase books, he decided to email the local representatives of the major publishing companies in the hope that he could procure some samples that could be used as a starting base for the library. In such a way he was able to build up a small library of freely provided textbooks and reading texts. He then liaised with the secretarial staff of the department to devise lending protocols and arrange to provide translated copies for students in their native language. The library was trialed during the semester and proved to be a great success with many students taking advantage of the small collection of books that he had procured. At the end of the semester, with the data collected of the number of students who had borrowed books, he was able to approach the department heads and inquire as to using some of the departmental budget to procure more textbooks. This was then granted, and he was subsequently able to significantly expand the range of tasks available in the library incorporating a variety of different topics across the syllabus. He then made sure to announce to the other teachers at staff meetings the types of textbooks that were available as well as the lending protocols which were put in place, encouraging them to notify their students by providing posters and links detailing the library. Not only did he create the library, but he also positioned himself as the lead on the project. There is no job title that designates responsibility for the library, but he is now that de facto the lead on the project. He has been offered a seat at the table with heads of department as they have to authorize the request for use of funds. Everybody has benefited from his leadership action. The university benefits from having somebody taking charge of the project and providing additional value to the students who are its customers. The students benefit from having easy access to a range of graded reading resources that are related to the topic is the study. And finally the teacher himself has benefited from the experience of leading on the project, developing the organization and communication skills required as well as broadening the scope of his relationships within the department. A key part of the success was that he did not just keep the project and the fruits of his labor to himself but offered to share his newfound expertise around the department. Actively seeking to share knowledge and expertise with others is also a form of leadership and it sets an example to others in ways of which to work. Dash. What can you do right now? On a piece of paper write down all the things that you are responsible for in your place of work. It doesn't matter how big or small you feel these responsibilities are. For example, whether it's signing off on payment invoices for thousands of pounds, or whether it is being responsible for dropping mail into the mailbox at the end of the afternoon. Make a list of all actions and judgments that you are responsible for on any given day. When you complete the list, go through what you have written and identify which of these systems or processes you think has leeway for adding value, either to the organization or to its customers. This could be in terms of optimizing the efficiency of a process therefore saving time. Reducing complexity of processes therefore reducing draw on resources and potentially saving money or it may be in providing an additional service to customers in addition to what is currently provided. One the key aspects of leadership is that as the word implies it suggests taking being proactive and being ahead of others and driving them towards change rather than waiting to be told. Therefore, it's important at this stage that you're able to identify specific steps to set about making the improvements to the system and processes you have identified. In the example above regarding the library, after having decided that the library would be useful to pursue, the first action taken by the teacher was to approach those responsible for providing resources. When he was told that there was no such provision that prompted him to take the initiative and further action himself. Making changes to existing processes is logically therefore associated with new and innovative actions. If you are indeed able to instigate a positive change, it is important that you tell those above you and around you what you are doing. Offer to share your experiences and rationale for actions with colleagues. 
If the improvements that you are suggesting add to general workplace efficiency, then people will be very receptive to them. Similarly, don't be shy about sharing your success stories or improvements that you've been out to introduce. After all, if you do not share them and champion yourself, then it will be left to others to do so. However, then the dangers of people's own self-interest and motivation may take priority over congratulating you on yours. If you have already effected positive change, consider trying to provide coaching to those who have similar jobs in what you've learned through the process of pursuing those things that have resulted in positive outcomes, in addition to those things which may not have worked as expected. Part of being a leader is acknowledging that you don't have all the solution to all the problems. However, if you are able to draw on the experience of those around you, then you will likely be able to overcome any challenges that present themselves. As long as you can ensure that the leadership actions that you are taking positively correlate with the aims of the organization in addition to aligning with your own developmental goals and interests, even something as small as suggesting changes to fine naming conventions can help facilitate the learning process as outlined in this chapter. The following short example illustrates how seemingly small tasks can become a nexus for developmental activities. Presuming other members of my work team were as equally fed up with the inability to find things on the organization's shared drive as I was, I experimented with my own file naming convention. I raised this at a team meeting and shared examples of using a new system. As a result of this I was then tasked with undertaking an audit of the existing files and folders to see the current state of the teaching materials. This entailed browsing through all the resources the organization had. With this new knowledge, I was able to identify several areas where material development was needed. Whilst file naming was not any passion of mine, materials development was. By volunteering to take charge of the file storage, I had been able to parlay that role into a lead role on materials development. Whatever job role you have, or responsibilities conferred on you, there will be some way for you to exploit that to your advantage and that of the organization by being proactive and taking up a leadership role. Dash. Afterward. As I conclude writing this series, we are in the midst of the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. With the multitude of changes and the pressures being placed on people in the workplace, changes to regular working practices, new online environments and socially distanced offices, I feel it is doubly important that people take action to ensure the continuation of their professional development. Having worked at places where professional development schemes were non-existent, as well as places where participation was compulsory I remain convinced that more so than ever the onus is on each individual to maximize their own learning opportunities. At the moment, it's not possible to say when exactly the pandemic will come to an end, nor if and when it will and be possible to return back to the old normal. However the return to more normalized working practices is likely to bring many opportunities for making greater efficiencies in the workplace. In many ways, it seems a once-in-a-generation opportunity and it is therefore vitally important that you position yourself in the most advantageous position to allow for your continued growth. Throughout the book, I've tried where possible to relate real examples of how I have personally been able to connect each of the steps. It's often the case that when we wish to emulate what somebody has done that we wish to copy exactly what they have done. It is important that you adapt the rules to your own specific set of circumstances. There really is no substitute and no shortcut for taking the time to assess your own personal situation. I also purposely avoided giving any kind of indication of specific timeframes for each of the steps. In the introduction, I mentioned that one segment of my personal journey took four years to measure from start to finish. I appreciate that for many people four years seems like an unbearably long amount of time. Therefore, rather than seeking to plan individual goals for specific timeframes, I would group a sets of goals together. The four-year cycle I have just completed would represent the culmination of my short and mid-term goals, gaining a promotion, a pay rise, professional qualifications and starting a family. 
The long-term goal now has now also moved inextricably closer and it is time for me to sit down and reassess my own journey again. By applying the rules I've outlined in the book, I can more confidently map out the direction in which I wish to travel and the steps needed to take me there. In this sense, longer-term goals inevitably become more sharply brought into focus. Ultimately, however, you may never fully realize all of your goals which you set at various stages. A friend of mine once told me that it is the unexpected surprises in life that makes it exciting. The need to refine and adapt your goals along the way is both normal and to be expected. There are a variety of reasons for this for example maybe you start a family or you are made redundant or you have family commitments which take up increasing amounts of your time. It's up to you to not to get downhearted if you are not able to achieve all of your goals in the exact time frames which you initially set yourself. What is important is the pursuit of improvement and the maintenance of this personal performance cycle which is most important to adhere to. The process of constantly reviewing and revising the steps as you meet each of your goals targets en route to your goals. This process should very much be considered as an ongoing one and one that is never truly finished or complete. The key thing is to keep the forward momentum. Doing something is better than doing nothing even if it's only a few minutes today. Wherever are you on your career journey, whether you are fresh out of school, college, university and just about to set foot on the career ladder for the first time, or whether you're in your 30s and 40s feeling that your career path has stagnated, or even if you're further advanced in your career and feeling that you'd like to have one more push to get the most out of the opportunities available to you, what remains constant is that you are in charge of the actions you take. Of course, it is impossible for you to control all the other variables around you as we've seen with the COVID-19 job losses and impacts on different industries. Instead of seeking to control, the uncontrollable, seek governance over that which you can control, your own actions. I wish you well on your own personal journey and hope that you can put the rules into good use in your own way. Continuous professional development is something I feel strongly about and I love to hear stories of people who achieve their goals, as well as the tools, techniques and strategies adopted to the facilitate this. Good luck!